Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. Today, I'm talking with Marcia Moreno. Marcia Moreno lives in the Cleveland area and is a passionate bilingual professional with over 15 years of experience in human resources, workforce development, talent management, and diversity, inclusion, and equity. In 2018, she founded M. More Consulting. Bienvenida a este episodio, Marcia. Gracias, Elena. So I know you're from Chile. So talk to us a bit about what brought you to Ohio. Sure, thank you. I came up to Ohio directly from Chile to Cleveland in 2005, um, thanks to, um, at that time, a partnership between my university in Chile, what I went to college, University of Concepcion, mm -hmm. and Cleveland State University, the College of Business. There was a grant uh, for exchange students, so students from here could go to my university, and I was part of the last cohort that was able to come here and do a master's degree with a full tuition scholarship. So um, I couldn't say no, right? Um, <laughs> I had a connection uh, through the dean of the College of Business, and um, I was lucky enough to to meet him and to work with them, and I was one of the ones invited. So I got here in 2005 to do my master's in communication. And did you plan to stay in Ohio? Not really. Um, I was coming for two years uh, from 2005 to 2007, finished, learned English, which was always something I wanted to do, uh -huh. um, and have a degree from the United States and go back to uh, my university. So I, after I graduated at the University of Concepcion, I was hired by the president's office in communications and um corporate communications at the university. So my job was waiting for me mm -hmm. um, after the two years, but um, life has a way of, of, of getting, um, changing your plans. Mm -hmm. And I met my husband, who is now my husband in the master's program. So mm -hmm. that was 15 years ago already. <laughs> and here I am still in Cleveland, still in Ohio. Um, I have a family now, my husband, and we have a seven-year-old boy. Right. Uh, Marcia, talk to us about your professional journey. What part of this journey has informed the work that you do today? Sure, thank you. So I am a journalist. That is my background from Chile. I studied communications, social sciences, and a professional degree of journalism. Education system is slightly different in Chile. Um, and then I was coming and I came to Cleveland to do my master's in communications theory and methodology. So um, when I was, I don't know, 27 and I came to the U.S., my dream was eventually to go into research and, um, you know, do my Ph.D. So the communications program is really um, aimed at um, It's, it's not an end degree. It, it's more of a, you know, an academic degree that kind of helps you to get um, into um, a PhD or a research program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that was originally the plan. But as I said, many things change. And one of them was that I met my husband here um, and I decided to stay. 
Um, and I needed a job. Well, to, to be able to come here, even though I had a, a tuition, a full tuition scholarship, I still needed to live here, right? Pay rent, pay mm-hmm. food and everything. So I had to take a big loan in Chile and I needed to pay that loan back after the two years. Mm-hmm. So that um, was one of the motivations to start looking for what is called an OPT in the United States, mm-hmm. an optional practical training. So I, again, it, it was never intended to be a longer term or forever, but it was, okay, well, I need to pay this, you know, this this money back and there might be some opportunities here in Cleveland for someone with my profile. Um, throughout my master's program, I had gotten involved with the Latino community in, in greater Cleveland for obvious reasons, personal, of course, but also because um, my the college where I was, College of um, Communications, Social Sciences at CSU, had gotten a grant to do like a communications campaign in the community, in the Latino community in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I helped them and I developed some connections there. And some of the research I did for my program was also in the Latino community. So I got connected to El Barrio, which is a workforce development agency that works with Latinos and other under, underrepresented groups to try to help them find jobs. And that was really my first official job in the U.S. through my OPT, um, in which I got to understand more how things work here in, in the U.S. Um, and I was able to use a lot of what I've learned and a lot of my background in communication to do this work. Um, and it gave me a huge window to learn about the nonprofit, um, you know, space, how they work, um, and, the, you know, working with the Latino community and, and doing workforce um, development, which is something that, that became really what I ended up doing now um, as, you know, as my life career really with my consulting mm-hmm. uh, from from that um, I always gravitated to doing something within the Latino community supporting my community um, as it relates to education workforce development um, you know recruitment retention of Latino individuals mm-hmm. um, so I went to you know a big law firm I did diversity and inclusion and then um, prior to that I went to Esperanza another nonprofit that works with Latino students to mm-hmm. have them um, graduate from high school and then go to college so all of it really was getting to learn how to create how to help organizations develop sustainable ways of um, you know, increasing Latinos within their ranks, um, working with the Latinos themselves, you know, in terms of training and development, but also working with companies and all type of organizations that are, are always looking for Latinos, right? Because we are the fastest, you know, growing group of the country. And we, we are always tend, tend to be seen as someone with, with a lot of um, good work ethics and work hard. So, um, that was kind of like at the beginning of, of my career, that was always what the companies were looking for. You know, we want Latinos because they we like their, you know, they're hardworking and mm-hmm. and they have a good, you know, um, customer service approach. So some of the things I did at the beginning at El Barrio were connected to entry-level Latinos. Um, so all of that to say really that that kind of became what I enjoyed and what I'm passionate about and what I know how to do. So that's how in 2018, I decided to go on my own um, to, to, to make some, some changes or to make an impact on my own terms, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have some flexibility 
for personal reasons to enjoy some more time with my son and with my family back in Chile. But the reality is that I wanted to make an impact with with work that was meaningful to me on my own terms versus, you know, always having to depend on a company or on an organization to 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 have it done in the way that they want it done. I felt like I wanted to do something on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up creating a more which basically helps organizations become what I call Latino ready, mm-hmm. ready to to welcome us, to be more inclusive for Latinos, more equitable, um, to help them diversify with Latinos, understanding who we are, what we're looking for in the workplace, how our Latinidad shows up and impacts um, the workplace. So that's what I do now. So tell me more uh, about this, the work that you do now with your consulting firm. Um, and, and I like the term that you use, Latino ready, right? <laughs> and so tell me about um, what kind of strategies do you, you know, help companies work through to not only attract Latinos, but retain Latinx employees within an organization? How can they be successful in being Latino ready? Sure. Um, yes. So um, you mentioned something that is very important that has been part of my initial um, two to three years of existence of my company is truly increasing the awareness and the education and and um, like the general knowledge, I would say, around first who the Latino community is, who are Latinos in greater Cleveland particularly, because we don't have big numbers, so we tend to be invisible. But also understanding that it's not about only about attracting and hiring and recruiting, mm-hmm. but it's on, also, and even more importantly, about retaining mm-hmm. and engaging and advancing Latinos. Mm-hmm. So one without the other doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been um, interesting to to, to have to make the companies understand that that really I, I can help you find some, you know, Latino talent, Latino entry level, or even Latino professionals. But if your organization is not truly ready to be inclusive for Latinos, mm. all research is showing that in about three years, they leave. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, a revolving door in which you are going to be spending all your money recruiting when you're not retaining and you're really not understanding how to retain that talent. Um, and if they are not leaving, they are stuck. They are stuck at the mid-manager level. So we represent 18% of the population, but we only have 4% of Latino professionals in high, higher levels. Mm. of, you know, executives or, you know, CEOs or corporate boards. So Mm -hmm. there is a disconnect there. And there are things that organizations can do. And there are things that also we Latino professionals need to also be more intentional about doing. Mm -hmm. So to do that work, I work on the two ends, right? I work in the companies, helping them become Latino ready. But I also want to impact um, the Latino professionals and increase some of that visibility that sometimes we have issues with, especially in in a city like Greater Cleveland, in an area, sorry, uh, Greater Cleveland. So with the companies, I do um, different things depending on where they're at. So I usually start with 
trying to increase their knowledge and awareness around who Latinos are. And believe it or not, Elena, there's just still a lot of mis misinformation and ignorance around who we are and mm. where we come from and, you know, our values. Um, it's, it's very, it has been very interesting because I always um, tell this story that I, I thought that I was going to be ready to go to the companies, you know, um, creating and changing systems for them to attract and retain more Latinos. But the reality is many of them don't even know that we exist, mm -hmm. many of the companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it has been, you know, I have had to go back a few steps in my process to get them to even know who we are. Um, so in terms of readiness, like uh, this year I'm developing uh, some you know, almost like a like an assessment in a way, but it's really a, a, a readiness assessment. But it's it has been interesting because with everybody, every company that reaches out to me or that I reach out to, I'm started from the very very beginning, um, which tells me again that we have a lot of work to do in this area in terms of becoming inclusive for for Latinos. So, a long-winded you know answer to tell you that. It really depends on the level of readiness of each company, what I try to do with them. So I start, you know, with HR managers or with Latino employee resource groups supporting them. Um, you know, if, that, if it's a big organization that already has a diversity, inclusion and equity strategy, but they want to really uh, create um, uh, an strategy around Latinos, I also go with you know, work with them in developing pipeline programs if they want to work with Latinos in, you know, high school or um, a Latino internship in their company. And I try to connect them with organizations such as El Barrio or Esperanza mm -hmm. um, to, to start creating those pipeline programs. Um, if they need, you know, um, some celebra celebratory um opportunities for Hispanic Heritage Month, I also support them, support organizations to take Hispanic Heritage Month to the next level, right? And go beyond having music or tacos or, you know, a celebration mm -hmm. with food and really start learning and understanding how to effectively attract, retain and recruit and advance Latinos. So I do different things for depending on, on who who they are where the organization is at and how ready they are. Um, and as I said, I also work with um, the Latinos themselves. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. ask you directly, you know, about that. So I know that you do a lot of work with the organizations, the companies that are trying to be maybe more intentional about hiring Latinos. And maybe the first step, like you said, is educating them about who Latinos are, right? Um, but how can Latinos and Latinas thrive in organizations that might, might not recognize their value? So they're already there. They're already in this organization, Um how could you work with Latinos to make sure that they can, you know, advance in, in a place that maybe doesn't see, you know, uh, their potential? Um, or is the solution uh, to move on to another company? Um, what what are what are your what's your work around this? Sure. Uh, yes. Um, I keep saying sure, sure, because <laughs> I'm, I'm agree, but with what you're saying, um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to to say uh, to emphasize what I what I said earlier around um, it needs to be um, 
a two-way street or a two-prong strategy mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that it, it's not only the companies. I still believe that the, the Latinos also, we also need to, you know, take ownership of our own path in mm. terms of careers and professional development and leadership development. However, um, as you, you know, hinted, in a way, the company also has to be ready. Otherwise, it's, you know, no matter how much you do at some point, you're going to have to make a decision and maybe that company is just not for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the one thing I want to talk about, just mention quickly around the company too, is that um, the company has to be intentional about this work, right? Mm-hmm. Things, what I'm seeing with the companies is that they just tend to be doing almost like this one size fits all strategy, right? Well, we do this with everybody. So this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And that is not working with Latinos and they are not really being self-reflective and, you know, um, in saying, well, why is it not working? They are just, well, it's not working. We, we don't know how we can't find Latinos and what we're doing is just not working. So, you know, bring us more Latinos. And I, you know, kind of pushed back and I said, well, what is it that you're doing? Do you know how to attract a Latino? Mm-hmm. And the reality is that they are they, they don't. They don't know how to do it. And they think that what they're doing is should work, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so unless you're really intentional about this work, it's just not going to work. And I am not an expert on other type of underrepresented groups. I'm, I'm more an, of an expert on Latinos, but I have the sense that it's probably the same with other type of groups, right? Mm-hmm. Our mm-hmm. specific needs, challenges, strengths, they're all different. And unless they are accounted for when you create a strategy, it's not necessarily going to work. So um, regarding the Latinos, I think it's important, again, in, a, in an area like, you know, Greater Cleveland, Cuyahoga County, we have, we are 6.2% of the population in Cuyahoga County. Mm-hmm. And I want to stop there just for two seconds, 6.2. Mm-hmm. It's not a small number. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, we might not have 50% of the population or, you know, larger percentages like you see in Miami or, you know, New York, Chicago, but we are a decent number. Mm-hmm. However, we are invisible here. Mm-hmm. There is no... There is no platform, there are no spaces, nonprofit organizations or for profit for that matter, nothing really that we as Latino professionals can go and say, well, here is my space. Here's where I can connect with other Latinos. Here is where I can find some professional development that is culturally relevant for me or that, I, you know, it brings, you know, I can see myself doing this or um, that I can advocate to my manager that I can go and have this professional or leadership development program that is attractive to me. There's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a business. I am looking for opportunities to develop my business, of course, with a social impact, right? My business mm-hmm. is, is, has a big social impact. Um, so I wanted to create that space, that platform, for Latinos to be visible. Um, the reality is that since I came to the U.S., to Cleveland, I was always, you know, questioned by all type of organizations, particularly in the work that I have been doing since I was at El Barrio, like, where are the Latinos, Latino professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where are the people that have a college degree or a master's degree? There's nobody. Mm-hmm. And I was always surrounded by them. Mm-hmm. Because, right, because I'm a Latina too, so they were my friends. And I was always telling them, well, I don't know why you can't find them because I know them. I know right. they're out there. But I just 
kind of prove the point, right? And this year, as part of the work that I do with my company, I decided to go and say, you know what? I'm going to find at least 100 Latino professionals in this city. And to say to the companies, here it is. You have a list. Stop complaining. Mm-hmm. Stop having that as an excuse for not finding Latinos or retaining Latinos or, you know, anything. Or not having Latinos on your boards or, you know, in your TV shows, in your panels, in your conferences. Here they are. And I found them. Um, so I created the 100 plus Latinos Cleveland must know mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the year. And again, it was clearly, it was my answer to all those organizations always complaining about not finding any Latinos. So I found pretty quickly 100 plus, I have 102 Latinos that are out there making things happen in their, you know, in their companies, in their nonprofits, in their own businesses. And it was, you know, it was this bulb that went on, like, wow, where (laughs) where was all these people? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't create anybody. I didn't make anybody up. (laughs) I just created the space and the platform for visibility, which is so needed here. And I think that is the first step into now developing you know, professional and leadership development opportunities for all of these professionals that are out there that nobody even knew that they were there. You're right in saying that um, a lot of our focus, I think, in general, um, are maybe entry entry level, um, you know, Latino Latinos in the workforce that we um, we sort of have programs or, or or places where maybe companies know where to go to find you know this type of employee. But there hasn't been, and, and I'm in Columbus, and I think we're still working on creating that platform that speaks to Latino professionals, right? College graduates, right. Um, you know, it's just higher, um, higher level professional Latinos in, in our state or in our city. And like you, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard that um, in academia, too, like, oh, yeah, we want to hire um, Latinos, but we don't we don't know where they are. <laughs> and uh, and it's also daunting, right, because you and I that are part of like professional circles, we're always surrounded by <laughs> Latino professionals. Exactly. Uh, and we're like, well, you're not going to the places where, you know, it's, you, you have to go. You have to go to the places where where you will find this this network. Um, I was part of a bigger organization also that work with uh, uh, scholars of, of color. So this was primarily um, African-American um, higher ed professionals and, and Latinos as well. Um, you know, and, and again, having those conversations in their conferences also had um, opportunities for recruiters to come and, and both um, recruiters for graduate school, but also for hiring, you know, like co- companies or, sure. um, yeah. you know, universities hiring actually uh, professionals. You know, so I was surrounded by over a thousand people that all were people of color, right? And so then I had conversations in other areas where you know a company or a university was was trying to hire more more people of color, and they would tell me this this things, right? Like we don't we don't know where they are, and I'm like, well, you're not going to the right places. Um, and you don't have intentionality again Mm -hmm. it's like yeah well we do this on uh, I don't know LinkedIn right Mm -hmm. okay and that's it Mm -hmm. like if that's all you're doing 
you know, it's just, and you're not seeing any results. Why are you doing the same thing over and over if it's not working? Right, right. Marcia, what are some of the challenges of doing this type of work? I think it's, it's a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to articulate some of the things that I'm seeing. Um, and again, it goes both ways. I think it's some of the challenges are in the organizations, in the companies, and some are, you know, in us as professionals and with the, with also the diversity of who Latinos are in this country, right? So um, speaking from the company um, perspective, most companies have a hard time looking at things in the longer term and they want results now. And it mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of how they survive. So when I tell, I push back on a company that wants me to just recruit um, versus me telling them, well, why don't we create a full strategy that includes, you know, a relationship with nonprofit organizations. You, you develop trust with this community. You invest in this community. We create a pipeline program with kids from high school or even from college. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They want the five candidates that they need for the positions for tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Or for whatever job. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. I get it. I'm I'm not saying that, you know, the companies have their interests and, and the things that they need to do. But unfortunately, part of the challenges are that we don't have a Latino. We don't have all the Latinos ready for the workforce, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are much younger than the general population, so that means that we still have a lot of kids in high school, and and we have a huge gap in uh, college graduation, right, and and graduate programming and um, programming. So, meaning that we still need to have the kids ready for those jobs, and they are not ready. Um, so. At some point, we do have, you know, I want to elevate the Latinos and the visibility of the Latinos, but I also have to tell the companies that you also need to invest in the future workforce Mm -hmm. because they're not already. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of challenges within that. So the companies kind of get disappointed, right? Well, we want you to look for the three positions. I'm like, I just can't do that. That's just Mm -hmm. not how it works, right? Um. The hundred Latinos that I have in my list barely go without a job for two weeks mm-hmm. because they are in demand, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they are good professionals, they are not going to have no jobs. They're not going to be unemployed very, mm-hmm. very long. Right. So that right. means that if you want to have a workforce, you know, that, that reflects also the community that you're serving and the future of the of the country, right, which, which is going to be more Latino, mm-hmm. you are going to have to invest in developing that pipeline. Mm-hmm. So that's, right. that's a big challenge. Companies don't want things long-term. Right. Um, and then, um, in a way, it, it's connected to it is this ignorance or mis- misinformation about who we are. So they tend to put us all in one bucket, right, mm-hmm. of Latino. This label that is mostly used in the United States, right, a Latino, Hispanic, or Latinx, whatever, mm-hmm you know, label works more for you, um, but they don't really understand the nuances of, you know, every Latin American country that we come from, right. every, you know, mm-hmm. different immigration status, immigration generation, someone that was born here and their great grandparents were from Mexico, it's going to be very different than me that I came 
from Chile 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are just so many layers and complexity within the Lati- what we call the Latino community and the Latino experience and identity. The companies don't, you know, they 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 don't they don't care or they don't get it mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. <laughs> right, right. And so that makes it even harder mm-hmm. because they have this stereotype image in their mind. Mm-hmm. And that's how they are approaching this work. Marcia, can you share a success story as a result of this work that you're doing as challenging as it can be sometimes? What are some of the good things that you've seen as a result of it? I think for for now, and I have only been in my company for for two and a half years, so I'm still a pretty new <laughs> organization myself. Um, but I have to say I am very, very happy with the results of the 100-plus Latinos Cleveland must know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am having a um, networking event next week, but I have initially reached out to about probably more than half of them, or they have reached out to me, really, to tell me how already they are being tapped for, you know, for other projects at work, Mm. for other positions at work, to be part of uh, nonprofit boards, to be part of committees, uh, to be part of experts panels, right? Um, to so, so that to me is really what I wanted to mm-hmm. to accomplish with this project, who, which took a life on, of of its own. Really, I wasn't expecting the amount of impact that it had, but I'm very happy with the fact that all this 102 Latinos are now part of the Rolodex, as they say here mm. in, in the United States, of, <laughs> of, of connections, of, of people that are considered, that are, that are having opportunities for visibility, for civic engagement, for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cleveland is it's a big, small town, really, where everybody seems like they know each other. And, and some of these Latino professionals are killing it in their workplaces, in their communities, in their churches, but nobody knew about them. And mm-hmm. um, now they are out there. People know them. And, you know, I'm talking to so many companies that are calling me now, and, and even some of the Latinos themselves, and they're like, where were these people? Because we didn't know them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, I only know 10 of the Latinos. And they're embarrassed to admit it, but again, there was no way of them to connect to each other and to learn from each other. And as you said, there is a lot happening for entry-level, you know, Latinos, recent immigrants people, you know, without degrees for, for other type of jobs, but nothing for Latino professionals that that need to have those opportunities and, and need to um, um, go up in the in the ladder of, you know, corporations and nonprofits and become the leaders of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Marcia, is there anything else you would like to add to uh, this conversation about your work or future projects? I think that um, as we were talking about the challenges, I, you know, I don't want to continue talking about the negative, but in a way, I would like to also make the point about what is important that us, as Latino professionals, also um, understand what are some of the things that we need to work on to, you know, increase our visibility or be there 
and 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 go up on the ladder and 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 take those opportunities. And I think that I I really want to um, emphasize and even you know invite and encourage everybody that might be listening to say that as a Latino professional in the United States currently, right, with with everything that is happening and also understanding that we are the second largest group in this country um, and that we will be the market, we are the market, we will be the market and we're the, we will be the workforce of the future, is understanding how we need to take ownership of our professional and, and leadership life, I would say. We have to, you know, ask for those positions, right? We have to ask for that stretch assignment at work. We have to ask for those promotions. We have to learn how to negotiate, how to present ourselves, um, you know, um, more in a way more professionally without without losing our authenticity, right, and our own um, strength as Latinos. But we also have to really take the lead on that. We we have to make changes, systemically speaking. I truly believe that uh, from the organization perspective. But I also think that we also need to not be afraid to be in positions of power, not to be afraid to be, um, you know, to talk about ourselves. Some of these things come culturally speaking, right? Because we're culturally being taught and it's part of who we are that we maybe not talk about ourselves and our accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Or we don't, um, you know, talk back to, you know, to our managers or to our bosses or we, we just say yes, right? But we have to really start understanding that we need to also take the lead and not be afraid, not not be ashamed of being ambitious or, or wanting to have a successful career. I think it's important that all of us that are want to do that um, start working towards that goal. Right, right. So I think that's important for for everybody to 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 accept it, right, and and to be okay with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Marcia, gracias por esta conversación. Gracias a ti por la invitación. Espero que haya sido útil y espero um, escuchar de ti próximamente. Gracias. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.